Check out the Geek Therapy Forum, which combines the features of a traditional message board with the comment section of all our content. Join the discussion at forum.geektherapy.com. Welcome to Headshots on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. We are a psychology and gaming show. My name is Josue Cardona with Kelly Dunlap. Hey, that's me. All right, Kelly, what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about a relatively new game. It came out earlier in May and it is currently on Steam and it is called Stay. Why are we talking about Stay? What's what's so uh, attractive about this particular game for, for our interests? Well, it is. I'm, I'm struggling just because I don't want to spoil the game. And that's going to be challenging. So if I if I seem hesitant, it's just because I, I don't want to spoil the experience for uh, for other people. Are we going spoiler free? I, I mean, I feel like it's so new that we probably should. But if you okay. if you if you don't want to, because again, it would be really hard to talk about it without spoiling it. Yeah, um, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it goes. So no spoilers so and, far. Yeah. yeah, no spoilers. We'll we'll put a spoiler warning when when stuff is coming. Yeah, because um, I feel like there's a lot we can talk about without necessarily getting into the, the nitty gritty. But yeah. uh, that aside, Stay is a a really beautiful pixel art game. So that was one of the first things that grabbed my attention was the the pixel art, which is fantastic, and. The the hook of this game is that there is the the character Quinn on one side of a computer and you as in the player on the other, and Quinn has been uh, kidnapped and you are his only connection to the outside world, and the plot of the game is that you have to help Quinn navigate uh, this this place that he is is trapped in. Um, it's Reminds me a little bit of like an escape room. You got to help him find his way out. And one of the the selling points or one of the the highlights of this game is that it keeps track of time in real time. And if you step away from your computer, it actually tracks how long you left Quinn alone. And that can have uh, negative impacts on your relationship with Quinn, which is important because if your trust is low or your relationship is low, he might do things that you tell him not to do. Like, no, don't run into that burning room. He'll go, well, you don't really care about me. Uh, that that kind of dynamic is is baked into the game too. And so there are three things that we can see throughout the game. There's the, the mood, which I, I want to get your thoughts on, on that in a second. There's the emotional bonding between you and Quinn. It has different layers. I went up to the peer level. Did you did you go higher than that? I think I ended at peer. I'm not okay. sure if I got to like I definitely didn't get to BFFs and I've played through yeah. a couple times, but I think most of the times I ended up at peer. Okay. Yeah. So I know there was you started stranger then you can have acquaintance. I went up to peer. And you also have a trust level, which is how much Quinn trusts you. And mine was going up and down the whole game. And then when you make different choices, like all those things are affected. And the only one that's exclusively Quinn's is the mood and then the other two the emotional bonding and the, and the trust level will affect both of you and affect your relationship so those things I thought were were really interesting conceptually yeah there's um it's I really enjoy the the dynamic of being able to make a choice and then uh, there's some feedback in the the interface panel that lets you know how Quinn responded to that choice so there's like a little heart to indicate relationship there's a little link. Uh, like two chains linked together to indicate like your level of trust and bonding. And you 
really know <laughs> that you've messed up when both of those flash red. And there's this really satisfying feeling when they both flash green or even just one of them flashes green saying, hey, you just increased your bonding or your, your level of trust or your relationship with this person uh, based on the only sometimes there's one, sometimes there's two, sometimes there's three uh, different options that you can pick on how to respond to to Quinn. And I, I, as silly as it sounds, I would always get anxious. Like I would, I would choose a decision and I would like hold my breath until I saw the feedback from the game. Like, I think, I think I made the right choice. I think I, I chose the the quote unquote correct answer, or in my mind, the correct answer being like the therapeutic supportive answer. And then sometimes it would go green. I'm like, yay, I did it. And then sometimes it would go red. And I'm like, man, what did I do wrong? I thought that, that's what I would have said. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I feel like I can't go forward without going into spoiler territory, even just general spoilers. Yeah. So I guess it's a good place to say, okay, we're now going to go into the game itself. Uh, There are some twists and turns in this game, and we'll give you a heads up before that happens. Uh, But yeah, the the next part is just going to be like, let's dig into the game uh, itself. I think we kind of need to. Yeah. Plus, the game has multiple possible endings. So the things that we discuss here may not be your experience at all. That is very true. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. And there's there's different parts of the house, too. I forgot to see the stats on that, but I know I didn't see every room in the house on my playthrough. Again, all these things vary. So even if you're just interested, you know, and you listen through, I think you'll be okay. All, all right, right. So I, I have questions. So that whole uh, mechanic, right, where you are like I'm monitoring his mood which, by the way, uses like an ancient uh, form of uh, assessing that, right? What, what do you call that system? The... It's the four, the four humors of the body. So like phlegm and melancholy and my medical training is failing because there's the other two. But basically the yeah. idea that the body is ruled by four humors. And if you're in a bad way, um, if you're angry or if you're sick or if you're sad, it's because one of the humors are off in the body. You have like a visual cue of that, right? You see the four different colors and you see them changing up and down. Like it was like I couldn't read that even after hours of playing the game. I always had to go into the screen to kind of see what what his mood was. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I, I tried to make a decision, uh, a choice, right? When I had the choice based on his mood. And sometimes I did it based on our trust and our The point is like I went through the game and I feel like I couldn't like I didn't figure out the game like I couldn't. Like, I felt like there was a game there to play, and I don't think I ever played it accurately. And I don't know if I just never figured it out or if th- or if that was the point. <laughs> so I, I know that the four humors are tied to his current state. Uh, I guess one thing I, I should have mentioned at the, the top of, of the episode is that I actually did work with Abnormal, which is the developer of this game, on like trying to give them some kind of uh, clinically related feedback. Uh, so I, I can talk more about that later, but that's how, how I know that I, because I, I actually asked them after I played through a, a early rough beta. It's like I know that these four humors are changing, but like I can't tell what um, one is necessarily doing over over the other. If I have any, uh, you know, if I have any input, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, your decisions adjust or in, impact how the the humors manifest and how they feel and that feeds into somehow the um the relationship and the response. So even with the feedback from the developers, I still even on my final playthrough, I still didn't quite put that together. So okay. don't don't feel <laughs> don't feel bad, Josue or anybody else if you played and you don't you don't quite get it. Um, even with all that extra support, I still wasn't able to 
really um, kind of like wrap my mind around the metagame that may be involved or was intended to be involved, but maybe didn't quite come out the way the developers wanted it to. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause that part was just, it was just frustrating because I was like, I think, okay, I figured it out. He's, he's got this mood. This is where our relationship is at. This is what I should say. And I have a pretty good idea of how he's going to react. And it was always, it was always, it, it felt random. It was, and that part was frustrating. Okay. Just wanted to see if you, you felt the same way. Yes. And I can actually, uh, speak to by the end of the game that kind of frustration with feeling like I couldn't quite connect with him because I, I would I would choose something that as a, as a clinician I'm like okay this isn't the more it might neither answer is supportive but this one is the more supportive answer or this one is like more in tune with what his stats are telling me he needs and then he would get like really mad at me and there was one time I thought I had this super empathic response and it was just red all over and my trust plummeted and I was like what and by the <laughs> by the end of the game I remember telling my husband like I I just kind of want to leave him like, I, I don't actually want to help him get out of here. I'm so frustrated and irritated with him as a character that I just, I just want him. I don't want to stay. I just want to like close my computer and, and walk away. And there's always this kind of metacognitive bit around a game like this that does deal with mental health topics of, is this a manifestation of like, is this intentional? Is this frustration with somebody intentional of, of like what it's trying to, uh, for somebody who's in a support role, like a, a supportive caring role, managing somebody who is not predictable, somebody who is frustrating, somebody who you feel like you're really trying to connect with and you just can't and they do things that just irritate you and sometimes they just won't be quiet. Um, and they go on these long philosophical rants and you're like, stop. Is that part of the game or is that is that a bug or a feature? I, I don't know. I don't. But by the end, I was like, we're done. I, I'm very done with you, Quinn. We're just, we're finny, my friend. Quinn, uh, I wrote down that he is, I found him annoying, but I also found him so pretentious mm -hmm. that I, I, I couldn't stand it. And at some point, it was like two hours into the game, I finally found the option to speed up the text. Because I was like, if he's just going to go on and on, like I need to, I need this to go faster. Because there's no way to make it go faster. Oh, okay, yeah, we're we're on the same boat there. I've I I did not want to. I wanted to stay away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think pretentious is just is like a perfect word. Uh, mm -hmm. Pretentious, and then sometimes there's he had at least for me in my playthrough this level of self-loathing. And I, I like I was trying to be empathic and I was trying to be supportive, but there's sometimes, and it might have just been a reflective of where our interpersonal state was at the moment. But I'm like, dude, seriously, if you're making me want to say, just freaking suck it up and move on, Buttercup. Like if you, if I'm feeling that way, I can't imagine <laughs> like what other people are experiencing because it takes a lot to get me there. But yeah, pretentious. Yeah. It's, yeah. I think that that hits the nail on on the head. Yeah, I think the whole game uh, to to an extent is like that. It's like you found a frog, and it's like look at the meaning of the frog, the even though it doesn't matter, right? Like stuff like that. I was like, oh, I had to. It was it was it was tough to get through sometimes because of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I, I can say a little bit about how I came to find this game, and that might inform why I persisted and, and played through the way I did. Uh, I was actually at PAX East. I was on the show floor. I was talking to a dev who was working on Catalot, I think is the name of the game, but it's basically a 
like a, an RPG style thing, but with cats, which is adorable <laughs> and perfect. And, you know, he asked what I did. And so I told him, you know, I, I do basically research and design at the intersection of games and, and mental health. And he's like, oh, you have to come meet my friends. So he took me over to Abnormal and they were demoing the game at PAX East. And uh, Steve, uh, Steven, who I was on a panel with, who was also at PAX East, obviously, uh, we talked with them for like an hour about the game. And, you know, they, they were talking about how there's a lot of um, mental health content in this game. And I remember saying, oh, well, I'm so glad that, you know, so-and-so from the Cadillac game told me that, you know, you'd, you'd worked with the psychologist on this. And like, I think that's so great. And they said, oh, no, 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 this is just the two of us. We have, we've had no mental health or psych anything. And that's how I got the early review copy is because I, I offered myself as tribute as, hey, you know, why don't, be, because this game obviously has very strong themes related to to mental health, some of which are very serious, like suicidality, you should probably let somebody um, take a look at it. And we can debate until the end of time whether this was because of my ethical, uh, you know, compass or the wanting of a free game. I don't think it really matters in this case, but they said yes. And so I, I, I did some work with it um, ahead of time. Uh, and I, the version I played before it was released, I only got to play it the first eight chapters. Um, and I didn't know that there were 24 of them so that I, w- I wasn't even a third of the way through. But yeah, so that's kind of how I, I came to it. And so I was like, okay, you know, I, I want to go through this because I, I want to do like a really thoughtful um, reflection on on what they're presenting and what they're sharing. And so in addition to just kind of overt mental health themes, the main character, Quinn, is a therapist. So he's at an, like an actual uh, licensed or I guess former licensed clinician. And that comes up uh, pretty early in the game. And so I'm like, oh, gosh, video games do not have a great track record with representing mental health in general um, and an even worse track record in terms of representing mental health professionals. Uh, so I I was... Um, I am curious, Josue, what you think about the portrayal of like a um, a jaded therapist, <laughs> how they did that. So, so first, I kept asking myself, I wonder if they spoke to somebody in the mental health field. And you are that person. So this is very exciting. I have a whole other layer of questions. Um, I understand your involvement was minimal, but... Uh, but minimal at the very, very end. I just yeah, I want that yeah, up yeah. front. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good to know that they, they, they were just two guys who were like, hey, you know what would be cool? If he was a therapist, you know? Yeah. And so, so obviously, like, having him be a therapist, that's like, okay, I want to talk about this because it is a, a representation of, you know, a field that I have a certain affinity for. Yeah, so he is an annoying, pretentious therapist who <laughs> has a pain medication addiction. Yes. And he does a lot of reflection on some of his clients, right? And he's thought about how, like, which one of his clients is actually kidnapped him and um, is doing something to him. Yeah, the fact that he's a therapist, I don't think he could have been anything. I don't really think it it plays that big of a role in the game. That's how I felt. Mm -hmm. Because there wasn't, he wasn't super insightful. He was, he's like, maybe he was a therapist, but he really wanted to be a philosophy major, right? Because that's (laughs) he's just spouting all sorts of stuff. And um 
and his favorite quotes. And, you know, he's like finding meaning in things, but not in the way, like not in a mental health way. That's not how I felt. So I think, I think it wasn't, I wouldn't consider it a great representation of a mental health professional in the sense that like he wasn't doing any mental health stuff. That part of it was just like garnish, right? It was just mm-hmm. like a decoration on his character. And it really like it, it attracted me at first to the setting and the idea. But eventually, eventually it, it came to bother me more like, well, you know, like you're not very insightful for a therapist. But uh, <laughs> so maybe I can shed some light on on that. So the uh, there's like a very strong underlying theme throughout the entire game of grief and loss. You know, loss of freedom, loss of his clients, loss of his status. Like, there's a lot of a lot of grief and a lot of loss. And when I spoke with the developers, they told me that they had modeled a lot of Quinn off of the Kubler Ross stages of grief. And I'm I think maybe that's where a lot of like the more deep philosophical pondering stuff comes from. Uh, is more of like what is this the meaning of of life and. So again, Stephen, who I was there with, is like an expert in Kubler Ross, and so he talked with them more about that. But I can I can tell you, and it sounds like you you would agree, Josue, that when I was playing through, even though I knew it was Kubler Ross, I never got like the actual taste of it. Mm-hmm. Like I never really I feel like experienced the stages so much, mm-hmm. and it's hard to tell for me if that was just a pacing issue, or whether it was just not as well defined as as maybe they were hoping for. Hey, we've launched a new website called the Geek Therapy Forum. Almost every piece of content on the Geek Therapy Network is now linked to a topic on the forum, replacing the comments on separate websites. It also includes all the features of a traditional message board, so we have topics ranging from pop culture and video games to psychology and mental health. Patreon members also get access to an exclusive area to discuss Patreon-exclusive content, all in one place. You'll find a link to this episode's topic on the GT Forum in the show notes, or you can go to forum.geektherapy.com to sign up and join the discussion. Again, visit the new GT Forum at forum.geektherapy.com. I agree completely. And I think that one thing that affected my entire playthrough is the the why, the who am I the whole time. It was never established who I was or why this guy would listen to me at all. Mm-hmm. That was such a thing that was in the air that I was constantly asking myself. He's never, I understand he has no other choice, but why am I here? And, <laughs> you know, like, why yeah. why am I connected to this guy is it because I'm in another room? Am I also a captive? Am I the person who is, who is his captor? Is, is this just what came up on Chat Roulette, and now I'm I'm here, oh and God. this seems better than like you know the alternative, <laughs> the usual. So I might as well stick around. You know, like that that was never established, and mm-hmm. it's something that kept I kept thinking about, and I, I bring that up just because it was this layer on top of my experience that I couldn't let go of, to maybe go deeper into into noticing more things that were going on. Plus, he spoke so much and so often and, and so like sometimes he'd be sarcastic and he'd be so wordy that honestly, like I, st- I, I started ignoring him at times, kind of like when someone's on the phone and just keep going and then you like you, you start playing, you know, on your Xbox or something just because, you know, this is going to take a while. That's kind of how I, I did. I started bringing up my phone, like waiting to see if I could get a prompt and then read. There were so many things happening that didn't even give me the chance to do the reflection uh, or, or the like picking up on some of the the themes that that I think they were trying to get at. Yeah, I think that is one of the drawbacks of this game is that the to me the concept is 
is fascinating. And I, I love the idea of you are this person's soul connection, you know, whether or not you know why. I mean, it, it would be nice to have a little bit of context, but like I can I can even look past that. Like the, the experience that I had in the first eight chapters I played, I really, really enjoyed the game, which is why I was like, host, wait, we need to play this. Mm-hmm. Um, by the end of the game, I was tired. And again, I yeah. don't know whether that's a bug or a flaw, but I was like, why? I looked up how many more levels are there? How much further do I have to go to try to find some kind of resolution? Yeah. And that was that was challenging. And I think that, you know, that has something to do with, with game design. And I also feel like I, I agree. I remember I was there was one point where I did a puzzle and uh oh, no, I'm sorry, I wasn't I didn't do a puzzle. I did a puzzle and then my character died because that's a possibility in this game is that the house is booby trapped and so if you make a wrong choice, uh Quinn dies, which is bad. It is bad, Josue, when Quinn, it is. I just keep I just keep telling myself over and over, it's bad when he dies. When um, he died, he died three times. And every time I was like, can I get a game over? Like, is this is this an actual end for this character? But it's not. It's like, hey, restart. Yeah, and the, the killer thing is that it restarts you from the beginning of the chapter. So if there mm-hmm. was a puzzle, you have to do the puzzle again. If there was dialogue, you have to all, sit through all there the dialogue again. There was a rant, again. you have to read the whole rant. <laughs> so there was one day I actually, like, I died. I was like, oh, crap, I have to sit through this again. And so I, like, left while he was ranting, and I actually mm-hmm. made myself lunch, and I came back, and he was still yep. talking. <laughs> <laughs> yep, uh, yep. So I'm like, well. Yep. I, so, again, I, I'm trying because I, I don't know. I don't know um, bug or feature because it could, I mean, I, I think you can make the argument for either regardless of the designer's intention. Um, but I also feel like for me, it gives me this almost introspective bit on myself of, okay, Kelly, this person is trapped in a house and he's kidnapped and you just went and made a sandwich because he's talking too much. <laughs> like you probably shouldn't yeah. really ever go into like hostage negotiations or anything like that. And you're probably not going to be very well suited for it. Mm-hmm. Um even though I know it, it's a game and it's a play space. Uh, but one thing that I, I do want to touch on um, real quick is earlier, Josue, you mentioned that, you know, he's a therapist and he one of his clients kidnapped him. And I, I just do want thinks, to... Th- yeah. He thinks that one of his clients kidnapped him or was trying to talk, figure out which one it might have been. And that was one of the very first pieces of feedback I gave to um, Abnormal was, you really should not imply that individuals who have a mental illness are so unstable to the point that they would go and kidnap somebody like that is incredibly problematic it is perpetuative of these really terrible stereotypes you know from the kind of therapist you've made this guy out to be he wouldn't be having those kinds of clients anyway those kinds of people would probably be in treatment even if not with him so just like and they to their credit they said in their next update that they're going to rejigger the language some bit so uh, a bit so that it's not like blaming his clients. Because the other thing I pointed out is that, you know, I know in the end it pays out that it's not one of his clients um, necessarily, but it's a long way to go to find that out. And, mm-hmm. you know, people are yeah. getting the content up front that perpetuates the stereotype and they don't stay around for the payoff that destigmatizes the stereotype, then that's a problem. So um, props to them for for that um, and other little things along the way. I will, I will say that I... Uh, when did you play it? When was the last time you played? Uh, I played it last week. I, I actually went all the way through last okay. week. So I played through, I finished it this morning and there was an update yesterday. So oh. I don't know how different my game is from yours. I know that I had to look up some of the puzzles. Just, oh, I just did because too. I, yeah. And they look different now than they did um, in these videos that I found. But mm-hmm. um, 
regarding the the clients, so I don't know how the wording was for yours, but he jokes about two different uh, clients. He jokes about uh, Quentin and Quincy, I think, and yes. he he makes he, he basically jokes about how each of them would kill him if it was one of them. And this is in his like sarcastic tone, but like that isn't much better than being a, I don't know if in one version it was like, he's terrified because one of his two clients would be, would definitely do this to him versus like cracking jokes about it. Um, so not, not my favorite representation of a, of a therapist. <laughs> yeah. And, and well, I think what's unfortunate is that that was so much later in the game. Like that's talking like episode or chapter 18 or 19, whereas the, the earlier reference was in chapter like three or four. Um, so yeah, and I actually have a note to email the guys and say, hey, you know, when you're making your update, you might also want to consider this branching. Because I, I can only imagine the nightmare with all the branches and all the narrative that they have, mm-hmm. um, like trying to track down each instance of using that trope or that stereotype would, would probably be a headache. So, you know, hey, this chapter, this verse, this is my decision. And in like 12 languages. The game is, yes. has a whole bunch of languages. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, there's a whole lot going on in there in terms of representation. I think the takeaway from from that is that I, I really wish that they would have brought somebody in earlier. Mm-hmm. I also totally understand, though, they're, they're an indie dev. The two of them made the entire game, like all the art, all the sound, all this narrative. Everything was just done by these two guys. And that's a huge, huge task. And so I, I don't, you know, I know how hard it is to make a game and because I've never actually shipped one because it's so hard, even though I, I've yeah. gotten close. And so I, I don't want to take anything away from from that. But I, I do wish that there was you know, some kind of, of bridge or community or, or way for people to say, hey, you've got this mental health background. I'm making a game that has mental health issues. Can you come look at it? I just I feel like that would do so much more for mental health representation in games because this game is obviously intended to be a positive representation like it's it's intended to be this really reflective thoughtful contemplation on on mental illness on grief on loss on on guilt and like there's all these really powerful themes but from what i hear you saying Josue, and i know from my initial reactions like I, i feel like we're so caught up on things that would be easy fixes or, or things that if somebody had been able to like look at it thoroughly and in time, it could have been a, a much better game and much more accessible in terms of getting at these themes that are, that are really important to the devs. A lot of those themes, they're not apparent until the last third of the game, which is a lot to go through to realize like, oh, he feels really guilty about something or he's mm-hmm. you know or to the point where he's getting specific enough about it and i don't know to me the the appeal was really the mood the bonding and the trust and how those things could play together like my, my major again criticism of that is that i never understood how how that worked exactly i never felt like it worked and i wanted it to work that mm-hmm. was the exciting part this is like just very general like well what does it mean if someone trusts you like where can you how does the dialogue tree change I didn't get the impression of, again, I didn't understand how that worked exactly. Neither did I understand the actual bonding part. Like, I don't know if it opened up different dialogue trees or didn't. I'm assuming that it did at some point. Yes. Um, but then, like, they didn't work. And then the the mood and even the Kubler-Ross um, um, implications, like, the, that's very, it feels pop psychology, you know, like something like two people who didn't know 
who are maybe fans, maybe some Carl Jung fans, right? There was some a lot of symbolism and things like that, like that you just looked up online and put in there. Maybe you've read a book or two. Like it feels like, you know, you pulled from a few different places. It sounds cool. The idea is cool. But then the actual the actual effect of some of bonding with someone, the actual effect of a person's anxiety or hostility or melancholy um, on their decisions and on the way that they see the world, like there's tons of potential there. Again, I, I just never saw it. It was just, it just felt like there was a second screen, literally, right? You could, you could never, ever look at that screen, actually. Mm-hmm. And it would have no effect. And it would have no effect on your experience, yeah. probably. Because, again, it just caused me more frustration. Because I, th- again, like there was a metagame that I thought was there, but wasn't there. And I don't know, like I've, I've thought of how other games um, deal with relationships and, and things like this. Um, like Nino Kuni is, is one game that mm-hmm. uh, uses um, emotions as this uh, game mechanic throughout the game. So you have like the, this vessel and you can find people who are very sad. They're basically depressed. And then you can find someone who has like who is overflowing with happiness and you can take a bit, a little bit of their happiness and bring it to someone who has sadness. You can bring someone who has extra courage and bring it to someone who is fearful and like it's a very simple concept right but like the message got across like i understand what's happening you have these different emotions and we're playing with them to help people like oh what effect does it have if i give this person courage it removes their you know it it eases their their fear and then they're able to overcome a certain obstacle nino kuni does that throughout an rpg experience and it's very basic but it gets a point across here because of the presentation it is pixel art it is like a narrative uh, fiction in a sense right really we're just ha- two people having a conversation even even though it feels like there was a, a basic setup and just like pieces that could move i don't know maybe it was just too complicated to to get the the intended effect is how i feel i think yeah the idea that it was too big is something that i've definitely been been wrestling with um, cause I, I don't know about you, but since there is that time tracker on there, I know it took me about six and a half hours, uh, to get through from start to finish when I had the full playthrough. Do you, do you remember how long it took for you? Five hours and 40 minutes. Um, so that's a long time. Away. I was away for like nine hours. Y- yeah. Um, but I, I also think, I mean, for me, it was too long, uh, of, of a game, mm-hmm. which is, I feel really odd saying, but I, I also feel like when you're dealing with a topic as complex and and potentially heavy as Stay wants to to deal with, I think you really have to uh, consider the user's experience and their ability to sit with that kind of emotion for that amount of time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the strengths of, say, like Edith Finch or Gone Home or other games that deal with these really um, heavy topics is that they tend to be really short so that you can get you get to that impact, you get to that feel. And again, from, from what I'm hearing us both say is that it, it almost felt like a grind to finish the game, which diminishes some of the, the power and the potential impact the game could have. And so I, I do feel like they, uh, you know, Abnormal was incredibly ambitious with this project. I think this is so creative and there's so much potential in this kind of, of setting up of a game. Um, I just think there's, there's too much going on. Uh, and if they had maybe focused it in and maybe had Instead of having three feedback mechanisms, you know, the the mood, the relationship, and the trust, maybe they had one and, or maybe two, you know, and if there were fewer levels. And so you really got to cut out the excess language of him, of Quinn just pontificating about, and it felt like 
felt like nothing. Um, and of yeah. course, as a player, my perception is my reality. So even if there are, you know, six other arcs where he doesn't pontificate like that or his pontifications come to some kind of fruition, God, I'm sounding pretentious, um, <laughs> you know, but in my one playthrough, if that's all you get, I still need to have that full experience. And I think if they had just, if they had made it shorter, more compact, it would have been, it would have been punchier and it would have been more accessible. And I think it would have been easier to draw out those themes that, that they were going for. Yeah. There was still a mystery there and there was still a supposed bond that was forming. And throughout the whole game, I'm thinking, what effect do these things have? And, and at the end, will I understand, am I, am I Quinn? Am I like really his subconscious telling him one thing and he's fighting against mm-hmm. me? Like I'm thinking all these things. And so there's a mystery that I want to solve. Yeah. Th- those puzzles did not help because now it's a puzzle game. And apparently with the part with the cats, right? Like when there's three plates and it's like, do you want the easy one, the medium one, or the hard one? I mm-hmm. didn't think that I was choosing a difficulty level, but I'm assuming that I chose a difficulty level for the puzzles. Because afterward, when I was doing the puzzles, the, the versions that I found online were different than the ones I had. Oh, my God. That was also never made clear. <laughs> you just blew my mind. Yeah, yeah. There was no confirmation of like, hey, you just chose hard mode. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Because I would have never chosen the most difficult plate if I thought that I was choosing hard mode. I thought like, eh, like let's see. I was just like pressing buttons. You know, let's see what happens. Oh my god! <laughs> like the the first the first time I played through in in the beta, I chose the the medium plate because mm-hmm. yeah. uh, I was like, oh, I don't I don't. This is my first puzzle. I don't know how hard it's going to be, so I'll choose the the middle ground. And you know, I solved the plate pretty easily. And then the next puzzle that I went to was the bookshelf one, which I felt like was just the right amount of difficulty for me because mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, yep. I got it. It, yep. it was a struggle, but I got there. And then the game locked up, and so I couldn't I couldn't go on. And then so on my second and third playthroughs, I did the hard play because I'm like, I can do it because I'm experienced. and I, Oh, my God. And so I just yeah. made my life so much more miserable, didn't I? I think, I don't know. I, there was no confirmation of that at any right, point. Right, right, right. And there was no choice to change it afterwards. So it was, maybe they feel like they confirmed it in the dialogue. But again, it wasn't, it wasn't clear at all to me. I think it's a great lesson for anyone who wants to make anything that any person might ever use. Take what you think is enough feedback and then like double it mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. even though it makes sense to you, it is likely not going to make sense to other people. And so this idea that there needed to be more feedback in the game, I absolutely agree. And there, there was that point where when you make an important decision, the, the branching narrative icon lights up in the bottom of the screen. And so it remi- that, for example, reminds me a lot of like The Walking Dead. You know, this person will remember this. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, oh, something important just happened. Um, but I think it needed yeah. more of of that. It, I needed to know, like, what does it mean that my trust went up? What does it mean that we're now peers? And peers out of what? Like, I don't know. Is, is that the best we can do? You know, is, is peership the, the pinnacle? Uh, I don't think so based on the ending that I got. But, yeah, I, I think it, it needed more feedback to help players track what was going on because again it's, it's actually a really complicated game and there's so many things that are working all at the same time and i know it is conducive to replayability and that's part of the complexity but at the same time like i don't i don't want to go play it again because i don't want to listen to quinn <laughs> whine for six hours now as, as complicated as it is it's also a twine game right it's also yes. 
it, you're getting some information and then you make a choice. And then like even in Twine, you can add weight to your different choices. And there are all these counters that can happen in the background. Like Twine can be very elaborate. And, but this has like a very pretty coat of paint on top of it, right? All the pixel art, all the other stuff, um, which is really cool. Again, like uh, I was, I was mostly disappointed with like the potential of okay, it's a therapist, mental health themes, bonding, mood, trust. How do these things play out? But ultimately, like the, I could never get past my relationship with Quinn. I finished the game, and I still have no idea who I am and who I am to Quinn. Right. And um, a game that I feel that did this really really well or at least was like more immersive in that in that um in this kind of scenario is that uh you know the tv show mr robot there is a game a mobile game that's made by uh, night school studios it's the same people who made Oxenfree. it's a really cool mobile game in that you you once you start up the game the premise is that you found a phone that belongs to someone else and when you go in you basically log in and then the person who's the owner of the phone starts texting you and that they want their phone back the person who had the phone is a is a hacker, and uh, she like she needs you to do something for her before you can give the phone back. So now you're like in this situation where you know like you can't take the phone back or you can't get rid of it because people are watching you. And then it feels because you're on a phone and you're texting, it feels like you're talking to someone. And when the person says at the other end says like, "Hey, um, like they're onto me. I'll come back later." hours pass by and then you get a notification that the person contacted you like real time passes by and it feels like time passed by because they're like listen i haven't heard from you in a few hours but or i'm sorry that i didn't get back to you the person won't answer like it was super immersive in that sense and there were again things about that dynamic between me and quinn other like i can get past him being annoying too because ultimately like i want to help this guy he seems like he's not in a good situation and it just it just wasn't i kept thinking like why is he stopping in the middle of a, a basically a boss fight to text me? You know, like how is this possible? Things like that kept taking me out of the of the experience, which I think is the basis for for everything that comes after it. It's that relationship between the two of you. Yeah, I mean that's that's the important part. Is I think they were really trying to go for that relationship and bonding. I mean that's what two out of the three, you know, feedback meters were. Is you know what is your relationship with this person? How are you connecting with them? That kind of thing, and. So yeah, I think the the disappointment that, that I have to kind of echo what you were saying earlier, Josue, is that I feel like the premise is so cool and that the potential is just so cool. And I, I just, I want to see, I want to see more. Like I, yeah, I no. the premise is gripping and like, the, you know, from narratively, I feel like you get sucked in really, really fast. Like it's a really interesting conundrum that you find yourself in. Like you are the one person who can help this guy. And it, it's like, anti-bystander effect you are the one who has uh, you know the the connection and I, I think you're totally right that even just a little a little nod to oh i found this phone or you know why am i connecting with this person and am i his therapist uh, am i his subconscious <laughs> exactly. Exactly. you know am i just a random person i think that would have gone a long way to helping with the relationship aspect of it there there are things like okay so how can i see like even in the in the description of the game it says that you can see what he's doing through webcams and things like that, which isn't really established in the narrative of the game, but is obvious mm -hmm. because you can see him when he steps away from the computer, but you can also take control of him when he's doing a puzzle. Like again, all that stuff. I'm like, but who am I? Why? Why? Why am I? What is happening? And so, yeah. I mean, I, I think I would love to like to, to wrap up to get your in, like I'd like to know what your ending was and what your interpretation of the end was. Like, what what happened? Who are we? 
in this situation? So my ending was him going back up to the greenhouse and falling off the roof again. Um, But this time, instead of splatting to his death, it was just like this red and white spiral. And then he woke up and his clock said 444. Um, And then that that was it. How about you? I had alternative ending number two is what the the Steam achievement said. Um, Mine, he comes face to face with his attacker who at some point has like octopus tentacle arms. Did you see any of this? Yeah, that's the boss fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I chase after him and uh, I tackle him and I rip yeah. off his his mask. And then he just looks at himself. It's him who has held him captive. And then he wakes up. But then also the timer goes, like he wakes up, it's 444, but then it goes down to 443. Huh. I don't know. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, that, that wasn't that wasn't my... Yeah. Uh... So it was a dream? So... From, again, this is being informed not by necessarily by my gameplay, but by my conversations with the developers is that okay. he's been fighting with himself the entire time. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of like you said, he's been hel- holding himself captive um, and that, you know, through the, oh, spoiler, I guess, <laughs> spoiler warning, <laughs> um, you know, you see that there's that scene where you see a, a woman who might be his girlfriend, might be his wife. He's obviously running late. She leaves and gets hit by a ambulance or or some kind of vehicle that has octopus tentacles on it which explains the weird dude with the octopus tentacles Um, did did that not come through in your gameplay yeah yeah i saw her get run over oh but it's like the octopus it was like a like a stuffed animal or something on the road that got run over i thought it it was a at least in mine there was the logo of the octopus was painted onto the back of the car that hit his girlfriend okay. or wife. Okay. And so okay. there's this idea that okay his subconscious has taken all these representations of the horribleness that has happened and like created this weird octopus creature who is who has kidnapped him and that is the takeaway I think. Um, but I, I have yeah. also seen, I did also see an ending. Uh, I was watching somebody else do a playthrough and instead of like falling down this red tunnel thing that like I did, they just stared at a moon. I'm like, okay. oh, here I am. And this is who I am. And it was like a much, it was much healthier um, rather than like waking up from a nightmare. It was much more in lines of like, um, like an acceptance. It felt much more accepting. Whereas my ending oh. felt very like jarring like waking from a nightmare. Yeah, mine said, end Quinn's journey with a feeling of anger. So I guess I got the angry ending, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know that I can appreciate that this was the anger ending unless I see some of the other ones and see what the other possibilities were. Do you remember what emotion was tied to your ending? I don't. And I'm super curious. And I'm like, man, how's why so smart? I didn't think to look up the achievement. Um because I was just yeah. like do do do, so yeah, I sh- I should look that up. Um, cause, yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, again, so ultimately, I mean, a lot of cool themes, a lot of cool ideas in in this game, but but ultimately, yeah, I did not enjoy the experience and the representation of the therapist and the things that happened. Again, he's like therapist in in name only, I think, and then you know those those comments about his clients or his patients, how they would kill him and stuff like that was that was kind of messed up and. Um, and Quinn is annoying and pretentious. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I guess all this to say, if you are on Steam and you're looking for something to spend a couple hours on, it's not bad. I mean, I think it's uh, there's twelve bucks. I would probably say I got twelve dollars worth of enjoyment out of 
out of my time. I asked for a refund. I'd never asked <gasps> for a refund before on a Steam game. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was like I. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend uh, the game. Like part of me, I know I've said this before. Like part of me thinks that uh, there's some games that I think, you know what, you should have the experience. Like, even if I didn't enjoy it, you should definitely have the experience. I don't think so. I think that if you're curious about some of these ideas, like, watch some playthroughs online because I I, I wouldn't, I, I couldn't recommend it. I, I I don't think it's, like, $10 well spent. You are brutal. I was I was pretty tired afterwards, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely, uh, I was I was tired. But, well... Well, I, I did not ask for a refund, so I guess that's that, that's how we'll uh, we'll rate this so far. One one thumb up, one thumb refund. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm happy to talk about it. Like, I feel like the ideas are like as I mentioned, the ideas are really interesting. The concepts, the themes, the the potential is really there. So if somebody wants to yeah. have a conversation about this game, whether you play it or you watch the playthroughs, like please feel free. Um, I know we, we would love to to talk about it because there's there's so much good stuff that could be there and i just i I want it to be there whatever criticism i have i i say like not because i enjoy shitting on a game just saying like if you ask me honestly should i get this game i would say i would say no that's my thumb down uh but yeah we'd love to talk about it you can talk to us about the game uh if you have uh if you played it or you just have questions or any comments on the gt forum you'll find a link to the topic where we're discussing the game and this episode in the show notes or you can go to forum.geektherapy.com and uh, talk about any of the other episodes that we that we have and lots of other cool stuff there you can find more information about headshots at headshotspodcast.com we're also on twitter at headshotscast i'm josue a cardona and kelly is kelly and dunlap thank you for listening and we will be back in two weeks you've just listened to headshots on the geek therapy podcast network for more about geek therapy and our other podcasts visit geektherapy.com And for extra content, including our monthly book club and other perks, consider supporting us for as little as $1 a month at our Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash geektherapy.